0: it's the arcade news with brian mcleod of the clan mcleod
1: are you gonna post the uh the uh cake in the chat the what the mortal kombat cake
0: what i don't know what you're talking talking about
1: the mortal kombat cake that was made you made this like
0: am i supposed to know about this
1: it's in the news. Dude, I, I don't know about the cake, but that woman making the cake is pretty hot. Good grief. All right. She's a...
0: She's mother. a lady.
1: Attractive woman. Oh, hey, you know what we should do for the news? What about that super commercial on the Super Bowl?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's uh, arcade related. Uh, yeah.
0: I only oh. saw half of that commercial. With the pinball machine? It was awesome. Oh, yeah, I did see that. It was pre- It was pretty good.
1: It was good. You need to get on and check out Christine McConnell. Who? The cake. Look at the news, click on the Twitter link, look at the pictures,
0: then come back. Who wrote this? I don't know. I didn't put that on there. It's Mark. What am I looking at? Christine McConnell. Mortal Kombat cake. Exterior sheets. Chocolate paint. to look like original arcade game. She actually has some really
1: talented chocolate carving.
0: I don't oh. care. I don't care about her cakes at all.
1: I... I would look at her cakes all day if she's posing with them.
0: Didn't she have a show like Wicked Cakes or something? Or I don't know. She has a cake that looks like the alien from Aliens. Yep. <clears throat> Artist, photography, and for some reason I bake a lot of cakes. She's got an Instagram channel. Subscribed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Curious Creations of Christine McConnell.
0: Yep. yep. She had a show. That's what I thought. I think I saw that. Premiere episode. It's on Netflix.
2: Yep.
0: It was really cheesy. I could I couldn't make it through the whole thing. Even though she's I, pretty, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's super cheesy. I'm it's, not looking for any videos here. It's. Uh, yeah, it's cheesy.
2: Hey, uh, I'm I I connected directly to my cable modem instead of the Time Capsule router. So hopefully this is better. Okay, it, you actually look better to me. This is the only device hooked into that. Should everything
3: I... else. Hello, hello, hello. Howdy, guys. Hello. The... Look at that.
0: He's got a Pac-Man blanket over
3: everything in the background. Yeah, I'm covering up all my crap in the back. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna. Now that I can see myself, I'm gonna adjust the stuff in the back so it doesn't look so bad.
2: Make it, make it beautiful. <laughs>
0: Everything is beautiful. I need, to, uh, I need to put
3: some games in the background.
0: In its own way,
3: I don't need my games anymore. When, when I moved, well, I have games in California, but I didn't bring any with me to New Mexico, except for my reactor. They are a
1: pain in the ass to move, that's for sure. I'm Brian Armitage, by the way. Nice to meet you. Oh, yeah. How's it
3: going? How's my lighting? Is it okay? It's great, it's very flattering. <laughs> uh, Mark Shields, Time Runner. Yeah, yeah, I met you at California Extreme. Oh, that's right. My buddy has the time machine as well. You, you, you have the time machine. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Yep,
2: yep. Yeah. it's all it's all coming back to me now.
3: Yeah. Which which buddy of yours,
0: Stephen, has the time machine? Uh, he
3: he's not a he has a, he's, a, he's a he's not on clob or anything. Oh. But his name's A G. He he just he's my best buddy in California. Oh, okay. He helped me run my booth at California Extreme.
0: Most excellent. excellent. Test. All right. Let me just hey, ju- zip, zip, zip. and we already did our tech te- test earlier, and, uh, and we're, now we have like a ten minute break. What? I know we're fully functional. Well, we haven't hit the stream button, and Mark just went blue again.
2: I'm afraid I just blew myself. It's got to
0: be a
2: better
0: way to say So I don't know what he's doing. Hey, it's not my internet connection. Well, hello, Mark. Are you like? Popping in and out, or what's going on? He's frozen again.
2: It's funny, out of my three sources for internet, they all
0: suck tonight. Oh. You gotta stop stealing internet from the neighbors. Huh. I just lost everybody. A new set of problems. Mm-mm-mm. That's why we start early. Am I only the only one that's not connected? That would be oh, Skype died. Skype died. Bow. That's okay. Hang with me.
2: I'll get him back. Hey, so since we're streaming, I have a um, I have a suggested topic for this point. Does anybody here think Twitch was inspired by Starcade? Well, what do you mean? They, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, Twitch has head-to-head gaming and stuff like that, and uh, you know, there's a lot of. I mean, obviously, there's no. Uh, it's it's not a game show format, but you know, watching people Hold game.
3: On. I, I don't even know what Twitch is. So.
2: Ah. <laughs> Okay, That's so I think Adam him. I think Adam has some feelings about
0: that. Well, so Twitch was invented as a gamer uh, platform for people to stream on. People that were streaming on YouTube were starting to get new rules enforced by YouTube for streaming and, and monetization of their channels. So Twitch came around and said, "Hey, look, we're going to make this this channel. We're going to make this platform. It's going to be like YouTube, but we're going to cater to gamers, and it'll be so much cooler." And you guys should come over here. And there was a massive wave. Literally, every esports channel started following. So this guy is. Live Rocket League, Championships, Call of Duty, you name it, CSGO, anything, uh, live streaming of games in general, ridiculous amounts of Markiplier, like Minecrafting, uh, you know, just weird, weird stuff like that. So guy. Yeah, but uh, it's interesting you brought that up. There's a connection because Twitch, uh, was it Shout TV or somebody, broadcast every episode of Starcade on Twitch, like nonstop for like 72 hours or something.
3: Oh, yeah yeah so that was um, cool they got permission to do that
0: yeah yeah actually they, they got the rights and they remastered yeah. all the episodes they uh they look great so uh, i think the neat thing about twitch is the
1: it's just how it's it's become kind of this platform for being able to share uh, for the fighting community not just the competitions playing head to head but people will get on there and tell like teach how to how to play the games what to do what the strategies are and it's become this kind of center for people to share how to play the games without just, you know, what you used to have to do when you went to the arcade and watch somebody else play over and over and over. Now on Twitch, they're broadcasting out to thousands of people and saying, here's how you play this character. Here's how you play this Uh, character. Here's how this matchup can work.
3: Yeah. See, I I don't, I don't play home. I have a PS4. I have a buddy that works for Sony. So he Uh, sent me one, but (laughs) the only thing, the only thing I played is, is the, the VR, the, the star wars vr thing is that fun oh it's awesome oh my i'm a star wars nerd (laughs) it is the coolest thing to fly in that x-wing you can look to the side and see your you know the lasers and and you look up and the stars and oh my god it's awesome (laughs) i have to find out why we don't have that (laughs) i think it's it's uh star wars battlefront vr Awesome. I think uh, tomorrow there's another trip to MicroCenter. I can't break my streak of going to
1: MicroCenter every day for the last week. Oh.
0: Brian Frober in the chat says Twitch started as Justin TV. I remember that.
2: Didn't no. he also say that if you I'm rearrange okay. the letter, if you rearrange Justin TV, it, it spells Twitch?
0: Sure, except for there's no N or J. Oh. <laughs> you know, if you rearrange the letters in funeral, it spells real fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I nice
3: see. You. That is a
0: true story. Should we I have this show on
3: the road? It. What do you guys think? I wanted to be buried in my reactor cabinet when I died.
0: Oh, you and you and your buddies and being buried in your cabinet. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> just, All right. Let's get this show on the road, okay? What do you guys got? get a little clip for you guys to hear? Here we go.
2: This is Starcade, TV's first video arcade game show, and here's our host, Mark Richard. Hello, Starkaters, and welcome. We're
4: backstage
3: warming up for today's action, and our two players are getting ready to compete on some very exciting video arcade games. And right now, Starcaters, I'd like to have you meet today's two contestants. We have Mike McEwen right over here on my right, and Stephen Beal. And both of our two contestants have been matched up based on their game-playing ability. Right now, players, <laughs> are you about
2: ready? Yeah! Let's yeah. play Starrcade!
4: Starcade! Starcade.
0: Oh, there's a applause card there somewhere. Live from KOYR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, this is Arcade Radio.
4: Hello, Commander. Computer reporting. Includer alert, intruder alert.
0: Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is Thursday, February 7th, 2019, and the time is now approximately 7.26 p.m. Thanks for joining us in the Arcadisphere. This is your host, Adam4 StevensHotel.com. I'm joined by my co-host Mark Timerunner Shields and ParadiseArcadeshop.com and head ninja Brian Thurston Howell the Third. And tonight we introduce to our fellow arcaders Star
3: of Clav,
0: Arcade Fix It, Proprietor, and Starcade contestant, Mr. Stephen Beale. Welcome to the show.
3: How's it going, guys?
0: Good, good to have you on board. Welcome, good to be here. So, the first part of the show, we just talk a little bit about what we've been working on. So, uh, Mark, why don't you kick us off?
2: Sure. Well, first of all, this marble madness that I have behind me—I'm getting really close, but I have the habit of like I restore arcade games without having a PCB. And so that's super fun, but I did manage to get. Uh,
0: so you just like have this empty cabinet with all the parts except the game. I know. It's beautiful,
2: but empty. You cannot play a game. You can turn it on and the monitor will glow. That's like, so you know that sad. little kind of,
0: that very little kind of gray?
2: very sad. Like the old Brady Bunch. We don't ride the bikes, we just fix them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what? I'm not sure what that means. I'm going to look it up. Me after
0: neither. I'm going to have to look it up too.
2: Yes. Um,
0: so I maybe did it was the, to get- Maybe it was the Canadian version of. Right. Yeah, even though he's not he's not canadian but i gotta I tease him all the time because he's oh yeah he's got so, dual citizenship
2: so todd tucky sold me a game pcb yeah for a pretty good pretty good deal i
0: mean really uh, todd i mean good deal todd, i'm just kidding
2: <laughs> i mean he wanted 400 i said 300 then we settled on 350 so i mean it was
0: pretty wow. classic for marble madness
2: yes I'm yes a, work, a working
3: board
0: Correct, test well, okay. so that that's half the battle, right? Three hundred and fifty dollars? I know, I know I paid three hundred dollars for my first Star Wars board. So what are uh, they going for? I
2: know, but you've been collecting since the dark ages, so I'm let's <laughs> I did I did get a system one PCB, like the main board for a hundred bucks on eBay that uh Coin op Warehouse was selling last night. Whoever I was battling against, he was only incrementing his his uh Outbidding me by one dollar, so that was really easy in the last fifteen seconds. I enjoyed that. That was that was great (laughs) for me. Uh, In other stuff, I have because I have so many projects. My warlords uh, control panel is uh, now sealed. I I learned how to use a skill, you know, a a circular saw to cut sixteen gauge steel plates, and uh, part of that was learning that you should move your feet away from them when you're doing it because the <laughs> stuff is like flying down on you and I didn't burn your feet <laughs> I did wear safety glasses like before I started it wasn't like oh I should wear them like after I had started so that was good for me my wife liked that and um, let's see I had a whole bunch of stuff powder coated I got the warlords medals the uh, my tubebin uh, Street Fighter uh, a Star castle I have in in the backlog. <laughs> And last but not least, I got a time pilot. Arcadiology, a.k.a. Aaron Sanders, helped me out. And um, I got it. Uh, what's really funny is that there was a Space Invaders cabaret inside of the time pilot. They had taken it apart to where they could ship both in t- you know, the same space. So when I picked it up at Bastinol, I started to freak out going, Oh, my God, they've destroyed it. But it turned out everything was like... You can put it all back together so
0: that's
2: that's, that was fun it was like you know puzzles that's all I'm doing what what are you doing Adam oh my gosh
0: I am doing so much (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I feel a little bit like Casey Kasem right now I'm not really sure why so um Uh, Brian's been oh, drinking okay. enough that that's funny So, okay uh, One of the things I've been working on You guys remember, uh, you may remember If we went go back to the last episode of Arcade Radio I was having trouble with my Robotron Right? And I was like, oh, I got it all figure it out And I put the chip in and it's all working And blah blah blah, 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 blah. Closed the mother trucker up And the stupid thing would not shoot left so uh, first player, you can move around up, down, left, right, but you can't shoot left. It's, it makes the game interesting. Actually, I think it might be fun to actually, you know, block off that pin and then have a contest where you can't shoot left. I think that'd be great. Yeah, like have a high score contest. You, you can play RoboTron, but you can't shoot left. That means you got to yeah. go in big circles and shoot everything. It'd be hilarious. Anyway. Uh, it, I, I replaced almost every goddamn chip on that IO board, and, and I and I looked at the schematic, and I and I knew which chip was supposed to be driving those, and I replaced that chip, and, and I, I didn't put a logic probe on it, so bad on me. So, but, but anyway, what do you think the problem actually ended up being?
2: It, it was unplugged. Well, you're, you're close.
0: It's the cable connection. It's yes. stupid connectors. I crimped a goddamn cable, put it back on, and it worked nice yeah so, you
2: got to start that way so
0: annoying and then my joust uh the battery died uh which oh, is not no. like a huge thing but but it, wasn't Lawn wasn't lon's high score on that yeah oh. well, it, it, his score has been long gone i've replaced the battery like eight times since he was on uh, so i i'm actually gonna go nv ram and all that stuff from now and i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna walk on down to paradise arcade and pick up a couple of nv ram boards Oh yeah, I hear they have good stuff there. Yeah. Paradise Arcade. Uh proprietor Brian Armitage and Susan Armitage. They do great work. They're cool. We what actually
1: things? the uh the, NB- <laughs> <laughs> no, We're the actually from here.
2: Weebly. <laughs> you
1: so say? we picked those guys up. So we like the thing that we like to do is we actually like to grab a bunch of stuff from a lot of people. Like we like to support a lot of the stores in the community. Yeah. But uh um, you know, the, so the NV RAM boards that we the have collective we we. No, so it's Susan and I. I mean, more Susan than me. Sometimes I've been working so much I have barely been at the shop. Mm-hmm. The project, the main project I've been working on is getting my stupid computer to work. But um, from an oh, arcade yeah. project, I did sneak into the shop the other week and pulled out the splat boards that I'd bought about a year and a half ago and hadn't had a chance to test yet. Splat. And, and built an adapter harness it's for like my Super gun. Fight Light. Oh, oh, okay. We're done.
0: <laughs> we're out. Isn't it? I mean, right? Am I right? You know, it, it just—it's oh, uh, gonna
3: anyways, reach through and get the.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the exciting part is that the splat board set that I bought three years ago for a hundred bucks from this warehouse find, where the guy actually called me back afterwards and was like, uh, "Hey, yeah, I didn't realize what I sold you. Can I buy that back?" I was like, uh no you sat there for a half an hour telling me how much you knew about arcade games. I had to listen to that. That's worth a couple hundred
4: bucks. (laughs) (laughs) And then,
1: and then you told me you wanted a hundred dollars for the board set. And I said, sure. Paid you. No, we're, I'm going to keep the board set. But anyways, it fired up and worked great, which was actually a lot of fun. Now I just need that small task of finding a cabinet, which is actually being reproduced. And, uh, since the joysticks are incredibly (laughs) rare for that, because they're the, uh, they're like the analog style joysticks. I've got a set coming in to actually copy so I can see if I can make my own
0: set. Nice. Yeah, I got to love gotta love guys that make their own parts. All right, so that brings us to Stephen. Stephen, what have you been working on in the hobby?
3: Well, my project for 2019 is to go through all, or well, hopefully go through all the parts I need to go through that I've had in boxes and bins for the last decade. Oh, wow. So...
0: Do you need any help? Uh, can we can we fly down? <laughs> Actually, and I do need, and then we can maybe um, we can work so like, out a deal. What I did last
3: week is I pulled all my Nos Williams parts. Oh, oh. I'm starting to go through those.
0: Do you have any so IO boards?
3: No, damn. Uh, I just have the little little trinkets. Okay, like I pulled, I, I pulled all my the Nos Turkey Shoot parts that I have. Oh my gosh, not-
0: sidetrack. In- I got sidetrack. Did you yeah. guys see on eBay somebody was selling a full Williams test rig? From the Williams. Like What? Yeah, no. no. No, seriously. Like this I'm is too much. Go Let's check it out.
1: It. Everybody Why in the chat, go check me it me out. I'm not lying.
0: There Susan it, it, pay you off. What? Did Susan pay you off not to tell me about this? No. It was like and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever, but I can't afford it. <laughs> so I didn't tell you guys because I don't want to be jealous of you having it. Yeah. That's how that's love I have. Anyway, uh Steven, you're telling me little parts. But
3: I, I pulled all my or er, 90% of my NOS Williams parts, which is not, it's a few bins, maybe, you know, five or six bins, little, uh, 18 by 12 cardboard bins. Um, so at some point I'm going to go through those, take pictures, put them on the site. Um, nothing really.
0: What site is that again? Uh, arcadefixit.com. Okay. So everybody knows now this is Milestar Arcade <laughs> fix it. The infamous yes. The infamous, Yeah. I, I bought parts from you. They are not cheap, buddy. I'll tell I you really not. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Worth it? <laughs> I spend a lot of money to acquire this. Stuff. I got to tell you though,
0: uh it is a delight when you're looking for a part and you find a new old stock part. Uh and you know, I'm willing to pay it in most cases. So,
3: I Why well, I uh, do you preach business? I'm glad you're...
0: I'll be honest, I I haven't bought a lot from you, but I bought, like, some... They're all Sega parts, really. I bought some stuff for a a hang-on and for an afterburner, and I think I tried to buy a soundtrack that was out of stock that you had to sadly turn me down on. But then there was some other stuff that... I I mean, just, like, little things. I mean, not, like, a lot, but I'm glad you're there because you have a niche, so...
3: Yes, it's a very specialized business. Um,
0: And we'll talk about... Go
3: ahead. I, I'd be more than happy to, to fill you guys yeah. in on how it started. Or we're going to do that.
0: Did. We're going to do that in a little okay. bit. We have a couple no. segments to get through. One of them is the news. I think we should move on to the news. What do you think? It's the arcade news with Brian McLeod. <laughs>
2: Oh, nice.
1: Wow, I've got my own sound bit. I can't I'm like believe special it. Now. <laughs> well, in the news this week, which was actually in the news last week, but I was told to abbreviate the news last week, there's a new extinct shark species named for the 80s game Galaga. The, uh, the people who found this, actually, this was in sciencemag.org as well as a number of other places, but they felt that the teeth of the shark resembled the little uh, space invaders. Um, as they said, but the little characters in Galaga, and so they named it uh, the. I gotta see if I can say this name correctly. This is like the. Uh, hold on.
2: Do <laughs> it. Lost it. It's so slow. Second line, second line. <laughs> I know. Meanwhile, <laughs> back yeah. at the Batcave. Goldon
1: Nordquist, Nordquist Day. S. Yes. Ah, so, yes. That's um, I'm very familiar with that. Kind of a fun thing. And then in uh, further news. Um, so Christine McConnell, who is known for her uh, cake series on Netflix that Adam so rudely <laughs> said he didn't finish watching.
4: Oh, my gosh.
0: I, um, I watched like 10 minutes of the episode. I was totally bored. I'm like, this is so incredibly cheesy. I cannot she, watch it. She She's known for making these kind of
1: uh, very interesting cakes, made this uh, very elaborate Mortal Kombat arcade cake that you should check out on Twitter for sure. And if you don't like the cake, um, you'll enjoy it. So the Boston News, is the uh, small, small Change Arcade offers a unique solution for people who want real arcade hardware in their home. So um, these are no emulators uh, or LCDs used. What? They're uh, 15 kilohertz signals, small cabinets. Uh, with the And basically what these are are a modern version of a cabaret or now I'm forgetting the name that you gave
0: me earlier, Adam. A Minimite or a Mini or whatever. No right, right Steven, cabaret. back me up on this. Like, uh, okay, so everybody had a different name for cabarets back in the day. So, ballet midway called theirs mini mites for a while. Uh, you know, any of the little games that came out there were the mid size game, not the cocktail, or, or people love to call it the bar top, but it's not a bar top because. <laughs>
1: This is like facial tissue ends up just being called Kleenex, regardless. Well, yeah, of
0: or a vacuum cleaner called Hoover and Xerox. Other who, yeah, yeah. Sorry, who Zero, they're, ca- they're cabarets. Okay, or listen, ca- if anybody's God saying they're going to Xerox something today, you oh. can tell how old they are. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right, right, Steven? Back me up. Right?
3: Yeah, you yeah, get correct. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: true. Like, so, if you're going to Xerox something, you need to fuck. I
1: mean, seriously. Oh. <laughs> so what they're, what they're doing really, uh, what they're doing though, is they're doing stenciled artwork, uh, new cabinets, re, uh, rebooting the CRTs and using the uh, Namco class of 81 uh, board, which is really uh, a neat board. And I believe that was done by somebody in the arcade community, but I won't mention who, cause I don't know for sure, but that's on smallchangearcade.com and you should check those out. Will the do. other one, uh, we've tried to add in one, uh, arcade product a week. And, uh, for those of you looking for interesting bar stools
0: or stools for your cabinets, oh, it man. looks like, no, I'm pissed. why are you pissed? Because I was at MGC almost a year ago. I ordered Atari stools brand new from this company that's making the pong machines and they didn't ship them to me, but, but Steve, good old Steve murky down in Mankato. If you're listening, you big jerk. You got your game and your
1: stools. I didn't get. That's because you ordered a full game instead of just going cheap what? on the stools. I paid
0: like two hundred fifty bucks. Somebody always <laughs> needs <knows, somebody laughs> some freaking stools. I'm telling you. Anyway, well, anyways, one up arcade. I'm, I'm has I'm not a new mad anymore. I'm actually just completely <laughs> calm.
1: New set of bar stools coming out to go with their one up arcades that help you sit at the perfect height for these arcades. Games that they've produced, their first ones will be out this fall. They are releasing a Street Fighter II <laughs> arcade stool, bar stool. And that's it for the
0: news. He said stool.
1: I'm here what? pushing my
0: stool. Ball.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh my God.
0: Back in
4: '82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile.
1: Back, back to the, the cave with, with Time Runner. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the
0: Earth's gravitational pull? Welcome to the Back to the Cade segment. <laughs> yes! Why do you why do you sound so slinky? Uh, I don't welcome know. to I the Back to like the Mark Cade Richard. segment.
2: Hey, this is Mark Richards, uh, Mark Shields. <laughs> <laughs> at the box office on February 2nd, 197th, 1985, I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> The Nintendo Versus version of Excitebike, officially released in North America. Okay, that's kind of cool.
0: That's kind
2: of cool. That is kind of cool. Yeah, 34 years ago, uh, before this, they couldn't play it, and now they could. It's so awesome, right? Excitebike. It's a motocross game. Pretty awesome. Check it out. <laughs> we will. All right. Yeah, you know, and uh, at the box office on February 7, 1985, uh, I didn't even put this in the show notes. There was a bunch of crappy movies out. Oh, good. Uh, what well, the were they? Starman... Starman would I I would say that was the one that everybody really was going for,
0: but personally I was there for
2: heavenly bodies.
0: Oh come on. Starman? Yeah. John Carpenter's Starman? Yes, it's a You're great gonna movie. So... Oh. oh, it's
2: great. You know, the guy's talking like he's a robot and uh, Wait a know, hooking Wait, up with the girl
0: from Ste- Raiders of the Lost. Come on. Hang, hang on a second. Steven. Yeah. Steven. What? Did you see Starman? Uh no, I did not. Have you ever seen Starman? I've heard of it. I have not seen it. Oh, that's it. Right.
3: if if I did see it. It must have not uh, gave me a good impression because I don't remember it. Here's the thing.
0: It's it's the dude. The dude is in Starman.
3: Yeah, Jeff Bridges
2: plays
0: this. Uh, no,
2: yeah, yeah, it's Jeff Bridges. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get confused because they had a TV show called Starman and it had the guy from Airplane on it, and it was not as good. <laughs> so, yeah, the dude oh. and the girl from Raiders of the Lost Ark hook up, and then it's awesome, okay? But really, I was watching Heavenly Bodies, which was rated R. I don't think I actually bought the ticket. I was not I old may, enough for that. I, I was may have so snuck young. into that one at the Jersey Village Cinema Six in 1985. I was 13 years old. I could yeah, not... I was 15, and so I just learned how to drive. It was awesome. <laughs> hey, the best
0: thing. Meanwhile, we've lost Brian. Brian has gone into a coma.
2: Ah, uh, poor Brian. I'm it's okay. In a coma.
0: You know, you look like, like you're in a coma.
2: Back on uh, back in February 1985, they were airing on ABC uh, a TV movie that they made called "The Bad Seed."
0: Oh yeah, the it bad was, seed. Yeah,
2: it was about this guy who trades his old milking cow for some seeds. Wait a minute, uh, this is a Disney
0: movie. It's oh a-
2: wait, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, not, not that one. Not that one. Uh, yeah, this is this is a remake of the black and white 1956 movie which was based on the play and the stories about a young girl. She does evil things. She murders people, but that's not really important because this remake was (laughs) terrible. It was the worst ever. And somehow in 2018, they let Rob Lowe, no less direct another version of it. I heard that one sucked too. Let's not talk about this anymore. I hear you, brother. I hear you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Man, I've got a whole Mark Richards set of questions to give to Stephen when we get to that. But uh, for right now, I want to know, hey, what's in the juke? Hello, and
4: welcome <laughs> to What's in the Juke? Wait.
2: Wait. Is it done?
0: Uh, Mark why don't you tell us what happens in this segment Because I'm not really sure
2: Well, this is a segment where we'll play some songs back in the day. uh, We'll play just a couple seconds of the song and not really tell you what it is. And our chatters online need to guess both the artist and the title of the song. We'll keep track of what we see in our chat, the live feed that comes off of YouTube. If you type something for something, somebody says something else. That that may be something that happens in your...
0: Okay, let's go! I'm I'm dying here. Like, I want you to do this show... Every time in that. All place. right, Mark Richards, ready to go. Mark Shields, ready <laughs> Mark right. Richards, wait. Is that what you're doing? You're doing my. Work. I'm
2: doing my Mark Richards impression oh, because you play your thing, you know. And again, I'm not sure if he talk like this the whole time. But. but just pay close attention because he's he's oh. very amped up, amped up. I don't think cocaine was involved. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> This is what we're making up because we don't have a voicemail for you. All right. right.
0: Okay, here we go. Uh, First clip. (laughs) Wait. Is that good?
2: That's good.
0: (laughs) Chatters, the game has begun. Let's see what you think. Oh, Survivor. Randy pulls in half a point. All right. I, All right. Yeah, I see the f- half point there. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! Hey. High on you. I think Randy got both those. I, did did you I? Did. I okay. Casey's
1: not in the chat yet, so somebody's
0: got a chance. All right. Well, that's a full point for Mr. Full Randall Gelking, and I think that deserves a full. Yeah. Yeah. Full point. Yeah, that was pretty dang good. That's Survivor. And uh, high on you, right? Should we play a little more of that? Such a good track! Such a good track! I'm very happy with the selections tonight. Okay, here comes with the next clip. Here we go.
2: That was beautiful. Uh, yeah, I texted Casey. He's driving back from Chuck E. Cheese right now. Doesn't think he's gonna be playing the show. Yeah? And I'm being serious. He actually said this. On- he's driving <laughs> back
0: from Chuck E. Cheese. Are you kidding That's me? Right. Chuck E. Cheese yeah,
2: is I, He's driving back by himself as a single man.
0: <laughs>
2: no. That's a I think he brought his kids. I don't think. <laughs> oh,
0: shit. I mean, dang. <laughs> And They're stuff. like, sorry, so, sir, you can't. Okay, we gotta get some points. You guys, we gotta get some points out here. And please four- don't
2: wear shorty shorts.
0: <laughs> Someone like gets Peter Satura. I think that happens every episode. Someone just like Peter Satura. No, it's not Peter Satura. Okay, that was the last one. <laughs> Andy Baldwin says, "Yeah, nail down that copyright strike." Okay, Randy gets it again with foreigner, and then Andy gets. Uh, I want to know what love is. So they both get a uh, uh, half point. Is, am I right? That's right. Okay. Half point. Yeah, for both of those guys. I think that that's. That's pretty good. Uh, I want to know what love is by a foreigner. Foreigner, and, and
2: yeah. Uh, Apparently, <laughs> these days they wouldn't get past the wall. Oh, what a bad joke!
0: I'm
2: oh, <laughs> oh. oh, sorry. What is <laughs> what
0: is happening here? I'm not really sure. Okay, so the funny thing is because um, you know this next song we've had on a few times, so I'm going to play a clip here. All right. Easy Lover. Uh, somebody guessed oh, yeah. Genesis. That is incorrect. Uh, easy Lover. The first Easy Lover. We're going to give it to Andy Baldwin for half point because he was the first one in the chat. Am I correct? Right. right. And it and, is Phil Collins and some other dude. Randy, you are correct. I think. Yeah. I think you're absolutely correct. And here we're going to give you a, a half point to Mr. Andy Baldwin and Mr. Randall Gell King. Half point good job guys that other guy is philip bailey it's actually on his album and phil fills in if you know what i mean and i think you do
2: <laughs> i get it that's
0: a, that's a drum <laughs> joke Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's,
0: that's a little rim shot right there oh. i think I, I even have a rim shot jo- uh like uh yeah effect.
2: let's just wait two minutes and adam find his rim shot <laughs> yeah whoa
0: <laughs> then, uh, uh, oh my gosh. For an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just wait two minutes and Adam will find his rim shot. Yeah,
2: you can do it whenever you feel like it.
0: <laughs> this is the throw up episode. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Oh yeah, we got R W Speedwagon. I don't think we can count that. I I mean that's a typo, but come on, right? I should, mean,
2: that's should,
0: should we, we should give it to S fifteen hundred next to E. I, I think he got the full point. I think what? Who got why the you full came point? In with I can't fight this feeling. Yeah, but Andy gets Andy gets the song, but I think S fifteen hundred gets the name. R W O is not it. You got to type the E on that shit.
1: The W is right next to W's the e. next to
2: the E. If he picked the letter that was like far away, I would say.
0: So we're gonna give right. it to Andy, the whole point. Is that what I'm hearing?
2: Uh, let's tell you what, let's split that point. Andy's gonna get <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. high stakes
2: here. High stakes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think you know, this is a tight yeah. game. We gotta give a half point to Ryan. He just S fifteen hundred out of nowhere decides he's gonna answer. And he gets it right. Right? Uh, right. Am I right? I don't want to be true. mean. I don't want to be mean. He's on the board. Okay, good, good. All right. So uh, He's on the, the board. That's good. <laughs> okay, this this next track, dudes, this is a Minneapolis track right here. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean.
2: Or a Jane, a Jane Silent Bob track depends on what year you were born, so.
0: Well, Let's no check. matter I'm what.
2: Listen. No
0: matter what, this 100 song 100 is from Fox. Minneapolis, and here it goes. That's right. Is that too much? Oh.
2: I'm watching I'm watching you on the <laughs> on the actual live stream. I'm freaking out how much you move.
0: <laughs> free I'm freaking out. I'll freaking out, dude. Dude, uh Jungle Love. Uh Brian Brian Frober? Yeah, Bo- Brian Frober got the He got the song, song and Randy gets the it gets the other half point for the band. Am I right?
3: Randy, Randy, you're doing awesome tonight. Right. You're blazing through. You're 2.5. You're 5. killing. You're killing. I love it. Now, an interesting side note on Morris Day in the Time mm. is one of his drummers, I think uh, his name is uh, Kurt Bascara. He grew up in Santa Maria, California, where I grew up, and oh. Kurt was a friend of my brother's. So, um, really? He, oh. he, was, he was Morris Day's br- drummer for quite a long time. I don't know if he still is or not, but.
0: That's interesting. Uh you know, I saw well anyway, the side note it Uh Morris Day also had uh Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis on his on his team, and they produced Janet Jackson on control and rhythm nation. So we're we're famous, I think, Stephen. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure we're famous. Right, guys?
2: Yeah, whatever you say,
0: Adam. <laughs> <I'm in. laughs> um. This is the 12-inch remix. Should I play the normal one or should I let this go? I'm pretty sure they're
2: going to get this one. Oh, Randy
0: got it. Half point. All right. Frankie goes to Hollywood. That's a split point. Dudes, good job. Half point. For both of you, that was awesome.
2: That's totally beautiful.
0: It's a 12-inch remix, buddies. This is the way to do it. Quite possibly one of the best songs ever made in <laughs> the 80s. I have
3: like. to say it Reminds me of high school. I'm telling you, bring, I have all these memories now in my head about... <laughs> Ice cream. <laughs> and the isn't the- so that's the point of this. Was
0: thing. that sort of an anthem for you? That's nineteen eighty five. So, dude, I, gradu- I graduated 80- in eighty six. So, All right, right on, man. That, that I, I love that song. I love that album. Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Such a good album. Anyway, um, the next song. I don't even know if we need to play. We'll play like I don't know, like two it tiny little like all right, here we go. Yeah, that's it. We're not playing any more of that song. That's it.
2: <laughs> Greaseball! Hello, ladies. Greaseball's here. <laughs> Greaseball's in the pretend chat. pretend to pay attention to <laughs> <laughs> you.
0: Yeah. I love it. But yeah, this, this show gets better and better every minute of the day. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. All right, Bruce Springsteen is correct. Born in the USA. You know what? I'm going to have to give Randy the boss because he said the boss. What do you guys think? Going to vote on this?
2: Yeah, I'd I'll I'll do that.
0: Yeah? I think so that's wait. pretty good. Yeah, I The boss and, and born in the USA, so half a point to Andy Baldwin and half a point to Randy Gelking. What do you guys think?
2: All right. All right. Yeah, Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa.
0: Half point. That's what I'm saying. Half point for both you guys. Uh, we're, we're almost the end of the game, you know? Only a couple- oh man, only two songs left. Only two songs left. Yeah. This next song next? is my second favorite song by this band. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did <laughs> oh. the
1: name of the band. I almost
0: did it. Okay, Damn here
2: we go. Rock Boys! Rock Boys! Rock Boys! Son of a bitch!
0: <laughs> they sort of gave away the name of the song right away, didn't they? That's nah, just a it doesn't even see it Duran Duran, Brian Frober, Wild Boys, gets both. Bull- Whoa, I saw a full point there. That's yeah. All right. yeah. heavens to Betsy. Full point. Brian pulls out a full point. <laughs> I mean, the-
2: that was not wham.
0: It was not wham.
2: Not even close <laughs> to He's- wham. And Ralph returns from his sojourn from. <laughs>
4: Chuck cheese. It's Casey, Casey
0: Ralphord Oh yeah <laughs> you're a little late Casey. There's no yeah. freaking dude. Yeah. There's no way you're winning tonight, even with Dolly's help. I'll tell you that right now. Okay, here we go. This is uh the last track and here it is. I'm just kidding. That's not it. It's this one.
2: Oh my god.
0: Oh, I was I was just kidding about that. Seriously. Damn it! Why do <laughs> they give away the name of the song, right? <laughs> That's just dumb. Like, okay, let me just play that clip again. <laughs> what? Seriously? You can't do that. Really? It's not fair. All right. I'm
2: good at this.
0: Phil Collins, Randy, and Andy. Randy and Andy pull it out. Holy crap! This was a close. It was a close match. Half point for Mister Randy Gelking. Half point point. and a half point for Mister Andy Baldwin. All right. That's right. Tell me a mark. Where are we at?
2: Randy, well, let's just start off. That's 1,500. He had a half point. It was an honorable fourth place finish. (laughs) We were totally okay with what he did. And then our other players, Andy Baldwin and Brian Fober, tied at two points each. Two points each. Even though that was probably four different things that they got. Very very nice. you bunched up those half points. And finally, our our actual winner
0: is Randy with four full points. Oh, that is
2: Welcome to the top again, Randy. It's nice Randy, to
0: have you back. Oh my gosh. Randy, is we've missed you. We should play him a special song.
2: Oh, okay. Go, go for
0: it. All right, here we go. Oh. It, uh uh. I don't have a special song for him. Oh, I have a new song that I composed, but we can play that at the end for him. You have plenty of REO. You just playing some REO. Yeah, play it. We want to play some REO? <laughs> oh, okay. Rio. I love it. <laughs> Rio. Okay. Uh Randy, this one's for you. (laughs)
1: We're
0: so getting banned. Good job, Randy. Randy, I can't fight this feeling anymore. Don't take your shirt off, okay? We should all sing this.
2: I I can't fight this feeling anymore.
0: A longer... Yeah, see, I don't even know the lyrics. So. Ah, you did so good. Yeah, thanks. I think it's time. I think it's time that we introduce our guest. What do you think? It's eight All o'clock. Right. We're right on the dot. I think. Whoa! What's going on here? What's going on? Holy shh. That was loud. <laughs> Welcome to the show. One more time, Mr. Stephen Beal. Stephen, welcome to the show. Howdy, howdy. Now you know what kind of craziness just goes on in this show.
3: I'm about ready to leave. I I can't take this.
0: Oh. He can't take this (laughs) anymore?
3: feeling anymore.
0: Is that a different (laughs) REO song that I don't know about? Because, I mean, it's sad. (laughs) All right. So uh, we're going to kick off right away asking you, about your arcade origins, what were the circumstances when you first became hooked on arcade games?
3: Uh oh, jeez. My <laughs> first memory is my dad taking me to the arcade. So it was either a miniature golf place or the arcade in town. We had a gold mine where I when I where I grew up. We had a gold mine arcade.
0: Um, Tell us a little bit about gold mine.
3: Uh, well, gold mine. Well, if you want the corporate info or just a i'm I, I love business so well it was owned you, by nickels and dimes corporation based on texas you, you,
0: we love this right chatters chatters tell us what you want but uh, i think i think like the, the all encompass if you have like background information on uh, on on any arcade we're we're very interested i've got dirt on Everything. All right. Okay. So tell us again, your arcade origins, the circumstances which you first became hooked on arcade games and don't hold back. If it's uh if it's a gold mine,
3: oh, tell actually, us, you know what? Go ahead. I just remembered yeah. it was a skating rink. Okay. 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 Back in like elementary school, they would like one night a month. They had skating night where you would go to the local skate rink. And I remember my dad took me there and there was a pin. There was a couple of machines. And I asked him, I go, what's that dad? And I was probably seven or eight, maybe. And this is when pinballs were like a dime; right? they were just going from dime to a quarter per play. And I remember he he put whatever denomination in, and he pushed that button, and all the lights and the bells, and it's like, wow, this is awesome. But I was sort of scared of it because I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And but ever since then, that's I guess that's when I I could say I got hooked.
0: That's great. Well, first of all, thanks for again for being on the show. Uh, what was your okay? Before we get into the next couple of questions, I want to invite the chatters. Uh, we have uh, 14 people live right now watching. Feel free to put your uh, questions in the chat. We'll read them off um, as we go through this. But keep in mind, Steven was not just a, a guest on Starcade, but he is a proprietor of uh, you know Arcade Fix It and, and also uh, uh, of a business called Blast in the Past, which we'll get into in a little bit. But... Uh, Anyway, moving on, Brian. Why don't you take uh, the next question?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, Stephen, you, you and I both have businesses, but yours kind of far uh, predates mine and has some amazing stuff. How did you get into doing arcade Fix-It? And if I remember
3: correctly, it was a different name originally, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, well, arcade fixit. I got that domain probably back in like two thousand four, two thousand five, and I was originally. I wanted what I wanted to do was I got the art that. Cause I wanted to have like a site with uh, like manuals and tech tips and stuff like that. So I had that domain part. So um, my original business name was uh, videogameparts.com, but I would always get a lot of these uh, emails from people saying, Hey, do you sell controllers for, you know, Sony or Atari 2600 because it was just video game parts, not arcade game parts, because that domain was taken already. So I had video game parts for um, probably a couple of years. And then my wife at the time, or my, my fiance, she says, you know, you you need a brand, you know, something to differentiate you. Because I was just going by my industry name was amusement parts and supply for for the coin op industry. And that was very generic. Um, So I go, well, I had this domain arcade fix it. And, you know, maybe I'll just use that. So that's how it happened. I just wanted to have like a, a, more recognized brand brand name per se. Right. Um,
4: nice.
3: us- Arcade Fix has been around since 2000. I think 2006 is when I started the the site. Or well, yeah, 2006 was videogameparts.com, and then it transitioned to Arcade Fix. It probably like 2008 somewhere around there. And what? And just for the listeners, because
1: I mean, I I love your site. I mean, it really. If you guys need parts that are like hard to find, nos parts, uh, Steve has an amazing collection of parts but give us like how did you get into doing i mean you have this incredible like diversity of parts i mean i go on there and i find stuff that i didn't even know that i needed and then i start looking at my cabinets i'm like yeah that's not looking so good in my cabinet i didn't even realize i could still buy that so where did all this like where did this come from how did you get the idea of doing this and and my hat's off to you because like we sell like a button and we sell like you know lots of buttons that are the same you have all of these different parts in limited supply so it's not like there's this endless stream it's amazing
3: correct yes uh well first off what you see on my site is just a drop in the bucket um i, I mean i literally have tens of thousands of parts that are not listed just because I'm, I'm a one-man operation and um, you know it takes a lot of time to take pictures and list everything but what i tell people is if, if there's a part you're looking for and if you know the part number because all my parts are by part number i have hard copies from pretty much all the bulk buys I've done. So if you have a part number, I can look that up and tell you yes or no if I, I have it or not. And and how it all started was um I've been active in the in the coin op industry since high school. So that's when I bought my first uh my first games back in like eighty four, eighty five and put them in stores. Um so I used to be an operator and then that progressed into Blast from the Past, which was a restoration company, um which then progressed into the parts and how that happened was there was a distributor named C.A. Robinson in California. They had a, a location in Los Angeles and one up in San Francisco. Well, they were shutting down their San Francisco branch and my salesman at the LA branch said, Hey, you know, we're, we're shutting things down, you know, go check it out. See if there's anything you want. So I go up there, I was looking for games Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm walking through the warehouse, and there's this a couple of box, big boxes of, and it said Atari, and one said Bali and the the, the manager there, I, I go, what's in these boxes? He goes, oh, those are you know old parts that that we're just getting rid of, or you know trying to sell. And I go, well, how much do you want for them? You know, he goes, I don't know, make me an offer. So I I made him an offer. He uh, talked to the head honcho in LA, uh, Ira Badelman, um, which is. Uh, that's a whole another avenue we can go down as far as that part of the coin up industry. Um, anyhow, they rejected my first offer, so I countered with another offer. They said yes. Got it home. I had these two big boxes of all these Nos Atari and Bally parts. Wow! And I, what, I what just,
0: did you think at that point? Like, just as a person, like, like you're thinking, oh my god, I have like legit well, Atari parts well, now.
3: Well, see, back then, you know, my personal collection at that point. This was this would be like around 2002. I mean, I had like a hundred games, so I, I I would just. This was after Blast from the Past, so I didn't. I wouldn't and to be clear, to let's just give
0: direction. a timeline for the for the listeners, right? 2003 is when Blast from the Past ended.
3: Uh, about 2002. Okay. Yeah. So and in that a, was that was a
0: restoration business with you and your buddy.
3: Yeah, Damon Clausen.
0: Damon Clausen, who was also on on Starcade. Okay. So.
3: so basically from let's let's just say from 1986 to 2000 maybe 2004 i I operated from 1998 to 2002 we had blast from the past and then from 2000 let's say 2003 to 2006 i had parts but i wasn't actively selling them and then 2006 is when i officially got into the parts business so basically I, i was keeping all these parts for myself And then, of course, back uh, in the day, you would get on RGVAC, the the, the news groups. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would say, hey, you know, I got this NOS, this and this, you know, five bucks, six bucks, whatever. Um, And then I would start, I just, you know, got online and I would look for other parts. And so I found, I can talk about it now because they're no longer, they don't have any more parts. But Brady Distributing back in Charlottesville, uh, they had just opened an online store and they had all these Old parts. So I would do my orders and they would send them to me. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And then so one day the, the head parts guy called me. He said, hey, look, we have all these parts we're getting rid of. You know, let me send you a list. So they sent me a list and it was, oh, my God. I mean, thousands of parts. And, and, and they said, we want to get rid of them all. And I said, OK, well, how much? And they said, make an offer. So I made them an offer, quite a substantial amount of money. And they accepted it. And it was, oh, man, I think it was about five pallets worth of parts. And they delivered them from free because they were doing the show in Las Vegas, the AMOA show, because at that time, Brady was getting into developing their own games. So they had a booth and they said, well, we'll stick them on the truck and we'll deliver them to you for free. So that saved me, you know, that was even better. It saved me, you know, a thousand bucks. So then I bought a few more other uh, distributors out. And then since I've been active in the coin op industry since... The, the mid 80s um, especially in California I started to become you know well known for for buying obsolete parts so then you know betson would contact me um, and uh, and then the um, uh, play meter magazine they came out and did a story about Damon and I for blast in the past which got me more exposure exposure in the in the industry side um so then people would contact me saying hey I have all these parts, you know, you want to buy. And then Sega got a hold of me since they were, since they were, um... They're like, we want to dump our stuff on you. Pretty much, yeah.
0: And I said, sure. That is messed up. That is messed up. And then, like, I need a freaking spring for my freaking trigger on my little yoke for my Sega Afterburner, and you have it.
3: Correct, yeah. uh, Sega, uh, when they were transitioning from, from ceasing their their uh, usa arcade division per se they they're still around under plate amusements sure um just for support and parts but for newer stuff anyhow i ended up buying um I think over everything was probably about 25 pallets and about wow. about nine ton, about nine tons apart did I'm you saying.
0: know at the time that you were I mean you had to understand the implications of what you were doing at the time like
3: well what yeah, when I was buying Sega parts, I mean, I I, I was already established as Arcade Fix-It, and sure. I had a 3,000-square-foot warehouse back in California, so the storage wasn't an issue. What year is this? Uh, this would have been about 2010, 2011.
0: Interesting, because I got in collecting in 05, well, I really 02, and 05 was when I assigned in to Clove, and then when I needed my first parts would have been 2011 like right around that time, 2011, 2012. Uh, yeah,
3: originally with Sega, what, what had happened is, is I bought all their their Afterburner parts, their Outrun parts, um, G-Lock, and a couple other games. And G-Lock, um,
0: is that's the full 360 one, right? Is that,
3: am I right about that? well, uh, uh, that, that was one game you could play in R360. Okay. Another one, I think Wing War, they adapted to R360. Yeah. Um uh, so, a good friend of Stephen, tell us a little bit. Of, you know R360
0: pretty well. Tell the audience what R360 is. Well, R360
3: was this uh, basically a big sphere. I mean, humongous sphere that you would sit in and it would rotate 360 degrees depending on which way you move the. So, the think, so,
0: so think the environmental cabinet of Afterburner, right? So that would yeah. go rock back and forth and forward, backward. It was really cool. Uh, but this thing was beyond that, right?
3: Yes. It would completely flip upside down. Oh, man. Um, you know, these back when they were released, they were about, I think, about 100000 or $150,000. Wow. And I know Michael Jackson bought one. Uh, sure. Disneyland had one. A good friend of mine back in California has three of them. Wasn't it only, like
0: only like four games that ever ran on it, though?
3: Yeah, I think it was, it was Afterburner, G-Lock, and Wing War, and maybe one more. Okay. I'm not, not sure on that.
0: Really cool. Look it up, you guys. It's a rare game. If anybody ever gets a chance to play one, it's phenomenal.
3: Yeah, it is a great game, but when it flips you upside down, it's like, holy shit. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. I mean, if if you get motion sickness, it's not a game.
0: When you're 18, that's probably fun. When you're 46 or 50, not so much fun.
1: I can can imagine the game is 100,000. The insurance policy is about 50.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Right? (laughs) Oh my God.
2: Everybody's trying to wave on that.
0: Did you have a fo- you you kind of have a, a question mark that, that that is along these lines, right?
2: Right, and and this was sort of uh, somebody asked this through Twitter, and I'm not positive if this is some of the things that you've covered, but they were asking about your C A Robinson buyout.
3: Yeah, that was um, C Robinson was again a, a game distributor in L A. They were I think they started up about 1937. Wow, and, and they ceased operations in 2010. So, um, when I, back when I operated, I bought some brand new games from them. Um, but they would always have, um, show what we call the industry show. So the big ones would be in Vegas were twice a year when the manufacturers would release all the new games. So C Robinson for the local people, they would have a a show at their distributor at the showroom. So I would go to those because it was only two, uh, two and a half hour drive, um, and so I knew all the people there. And I and once I got into the, the parts business, I would always ask Dan, who was the main parts guy at the parts counter, say, Hey, if you ever when you want to get rid of your old parts, let me know and I'll buy them all. No questions asked. Hmm. And and I would do that for a couple of years and he would say, Oh yeah, yeah. So then one day I go in and he had boxed up all his outrun parts. He goes, Well, I got all these outrun parts. This is how much I want for him. I think it was like three hundred bucks. It was like a box full. Of Like okay, fine. It was a little bit higher than I usually pay, but I to establish, you know, that I'm serious. Yes. Yeah. So I bought him. So that happened a couple more times. And then when they decided to shut their doors, he was the first person, or I was the first person he called and gave me first shot at their entire video game parts. Whoa,
0: that's crazy.
3: Yeah. So I went down there the next day and (coughs) I just... no lie in two minutes i looked around i said how much do you want he said x number of dollars and i countered just a little bit lower he said done deal we shook hands and that was it wow wow started loading up the truck That's and it awesome. took me like i had to do like three or four trips
0: oh my gosh. but
3: they had stuff from i have stuff from them from like the 60s all the way up to the mid 2000s oh and and they had a lot of rare. i mean a lot of rare stuff. Like, so, I, I got a uh, uh, blaster grips from them, or two sets, which have long been sold. Sure. But, well, um...
0: Well, I, I have it. a question related to that. Okay, so you have all these parts, right? Really cool parts. Uh, NOS parts, a lot of which you sold off uh, as NOS parts. New old stock, so that's great, Right. Whoever yeah. got them super happy they got this thing and, it, and it, it's the thing they were looking for for their arcade game uh do you have any regrets about like letting them go before you reproduced them no
1: okay and then uh one of the questions two questions from the chat actually um what was the coolest rarest part that you've ever come across is one of the questions and then the other question was um <laughs> has this business made you wealthy I think there's actually a perception that a lot of the guys that own stores are like rolling in it because of the stores, which I think is a common misperception of most of us do this because we love it. Not necessarily because (laughs) it makes Uh, us a lot of money, but
3: I've been self-employed since fully self-employed since 1997 um, and and self-employed because of coin operated video games in some aspect. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been fully self-employed by parts since 2006 Wow! And fully support, fully supported by selling parts, and you know, selling. You know, I'll do deals where I sell games, or I'll make somebody a multi-cade or I'll sell one of my sure. private collection games. That's, you know, that's
0: twenty-two. Like that. 20, 20 parts is a twenty-two-year business for you.
3: Yeah, well, it's like I say, I, I'm the only one, pretty much the only guy that has this kind of stuff, and yeah. it, it's it's a very niche market. But but back to the the rarest one. Um, from C. Robinson, I got these. Okay, back in. I think the mid eighties Williams made these like tabletop, not they're not pinball machines and they're not sh- quite uh pachinko machines. They're like a little mix between. Um, and it was a tabletop thing where you would shoot the ball and it would go up and, and it would have these different overlays on it. One was like a soccer. One was baseball. One was like poker. So I, what I do and it was only came out in prototype form. Well, I, I actually have like three sets of, of each of the four overlays that would go into the play field. So that would be like my probably my, my my rarest rarest item that I've ever found. Very cool. Um, oh, that's cool. Wow. So as far as being rich, I'm not I'm not a millionaire, but, but you know, yeah, I, it's bills.
0: at least yeah, people, at least it's paying the bills, right? Yeah. That's cool. And, and Brian, was it? Did you say there's another question in the chat, or is that is, is it kind of rounded up for each? I, yeah, I think
1: that I think that rounds it out. I mean, there is another question, but um, I, we're going to skip it because um, we, we like to keep things positive And there's it's a little bit of a controversial question about other things in the in the community, not not stuff to do with your store.
0: Okay, so uh, moving on to our, I want to kind of get into the Starcade a little bit. I'm going to play a clip here, and, and we'll uh, yeah. There we go. It's your opponent, and this is Steven. Hello, Stephen. Hi. I'm a freshman in high school, and my hobbies are collecting turtles and playing video games. I understand you uh, You brought a little uh, pet turtle with us yes. today.
4: This is my good luck turtle, and his name's George.
0: Is he going to bring you lots of luck? I hope so. You going to do that, George? He says yes. Okay. We wish you luck. And, Mike, you luck. If you like to shake hands, take your places at the podiums. And let's get ready to play Starcade. And right now, here's Kevin to tell us about the five games on today's program. Just five games. Game number one today, Super Pac-Man. The
2: mild-mannered Pac-Man turns supersized. Game two... Donkey Kong Jr., Son rescues Papa from Mean Mario. Game 3, Ms. Pac-Man, a petite munch around the maze. Game number 4 today, Donkey Kong, Papa rescues Son from the Mean Kong. And Game 5 today, Pac-Man, the great one is back. And Mark, it looks like today we've got a Pac-Man and Donkey Kong show. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, uh, that's right. Hey, uh, Steven, can you tell me, uh, how did George die? <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, after I messed up on Donkey Kong, I stepped on him. Oh, oh This
0: is the saddest episode of Arcade Radio is ever. That tr- is that true? Wah, wah, wah. No, no. <laughs> no. Oh, that's, that's yes. terrible. That That is terrible. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's terrible.
3: Uh, if you guys want, I can take you... <laughs> through what I remember about the whole process of becoming a contestant on Starkey. Okay,
0: yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. interesting thing. I read a little bit about this. Uh, you apparently sent in a postcard. Tell us about the postcard.
3: What, yeah, how but, did you notice it the
0: postcard? Yeah, how did you notice it Well,
3: I, I, Okay, well, of course, Starkey, Starkey was made in, in San Francisco. Um, so, in California, you know, it was on every weekend. I know in other parts of the country, some people had difficulty seeing it. Um, so I watched it every, I think, Saturday when it came on or whatever day it came on. Sure. And, of course, at the end of the show, it said, if you wanted to be a contestant, send your name and address, phone number to this address. So, yeah. of course, being the 14-year-old... Now,
0: this is interesting, though, because literally you were num- your episode is number seven. So you must have been watching it right from the beginning.
3: Oh, of course. Oh, my God. Video yeah. games back in that day were my life. Yeah. I spent every... Waking hour in the arcade every weekend, t- ten hours a day, twelve hours a day from when they open to when they close. That's all I did was play games.
0: And which games were those games that you liked the best?
3: Uh, well, my f- my favorite back in the day was probably Bubbles. Bubbles, all right, Ooh, was
0: very nice. Yeah.
3: I always like the oddball, obscure game. That's
0: a super fun uh, game, though. Super fun. It- it's a great game.
3: Yes. Challenging. I've had a few over the years, and I've always sold them off, which I, yeah. I do regret selling those.
0: Mm-hmm. But um, so, so, yeah. So, they taped that show. It was number seven for them, but it was actually aired number 14. And you were 14 right. years old when it when you actually did the show. Correct.
3: I was a freshman in high school, yeah.
0: Oh, okay. So, uh, tell us about, you know, so you, you send in the postcard. They, they send you a letter. Did you get, a, like, a form letter? Or what
3: happened? Um, you know, that part I don't remember. I know Damon... Um, uh, his mom kept a scrapbook of every little <laughs> which is really cool which I, my parents didn't you know didn't do that type of thing by the way we talked so, to
0: Damon Claussen. Uh Damon Clausen and you started a business we'll talk about that in a little bit but Damon Claussen, uh reached out to us and, and sent me a video so I could I could have more fodder for this interview and and he was very fond, and like you guys are good buds right yes we are yeah and he, he calls you uh, Tink <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, that's my nickname that my dad's always called me is okay. Tinker Tinker. Yeah. which used to be Stinker because when I was a little baby, you know, I'd my pants and it would stink. So Stinker <laughs> turned to Tinker, which shortened to Tink. Now, Damon's parents called him Bunky.
0: Bunky, oh, good. We'll remember that yeah, so because we're going to have Damon Bunky. on the show, and you should come back. You should come back on the show when Damon's on, and we'll, we'll make a little Not reunion a show. That'll be fun. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so what I, what I remember is – um if you got accepted or to the tryouts, what you would do, you would go to San Francisco. Basically, they rented um, like a conference room in a hotel or something, and they would have – there were probably 30 kids and even adults were, were in the room. And they would have – they would like ask you trivia questions, and um, they I think they had a camera there so they could see how you looked on camera. Wow. Um, And, and the one thing I re- remember was um, – one of the people that worked there asked a question, who's, who is Nolan Bushnell? And I looked around and, and nobody raised their hand. And so I, I went like this and I told him who he was, who is the founder of Atari. Um, and I guess that made an impression on him because I made it to the next, the next level, That's cool. um, which was, you would go down to the studio and start playing the games. You played each game, so, like on Starcade, when it first starts, you see the the wide shot of the game room. Mm-hmm. Well, that's 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 actually a working arcade back in the day. So yeah, it was very
0: were. cool, very cool. And like, yeah, what what awesome. do you remember? What game you were playing? Like fake playing because they had you. Like, uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, like what? Uh, yeah, I was looking at it. Hey, go ahead. I, I, you, you keep on where you start. I'm gonna look it up.
3: Well, so basically, what they do is 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 they make you play every game, and they you write down your score, so that way they can match you up with your playability with other people that are either sure. as good as you or now stupid me. <laughs> of course, I wanted to get the highest scores I possibly could. Which, in hindsight, you want to do bad, so they right. pair you up with somebody equally as bad. But when you actually go to the show to do the taping, you kick their ass. But (laughs) at 14 year old, you you don't think about that. Sure. So, so that's what they do is they put you in a big room. They play all the games. Um, and then I think the next day was when they do the taping. So they bring all, they tape like eight shows a day. So they put you in the green room. They call you out with your, with whoever you play with. And, um, the scene where they where Mark talks and, and you're, They show us playing the games. They tell you, okay, when Mark says this word, you you turn around and and clap. Well, uh, we were playing the game and we didn't turn around when that word was said. And Mark, he's like, stop taping. And he was so pissed off. And Uh. he said, when I say this word, you guys turn around and start clapping. Yeah,
0: and it's like, uh, oh, okay. That guy was off. I'm just going to say something. Mark was off. Not you, Mark, the other Mark.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but, and I have a Mark question. Did he, did he keep this high pitched, weird voice when he was yelling at you and
0: demeaning
3: you when you didn't turn around? (laughs) (laughs) That I don't remember. Okay, so the games, the
0: games that you were playing, and you know, it's funny you mentioned this, Stephen, because if you watch the first few minutes of the show, and I highly recommend it, uh, it is, uh, there is a archive out there. You can find it. Somebody's mislabeled the the episodes, uh, in the archive season three, something, 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 but this is actually episode 14 of his first season. Mark Richards was the host. Uh, you are playing rescue. Oh, okay. Uh, that right would've... next to a wacko and, uh, your opponent is playing burger time, which the oh. screen isn't even
3: on. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think they did that because of the, of obviously of the sound issue. Sure. If the game's playing when Mark's talking. Sure. But, uh, yeah. Um, so you turn around, you start clapping and then you run down the little hallway and then into the studio. Uh
4: Uh-huh.
3: Um, and that's when you find out what game you don't know what games you're going to play until you're actually in the studio. Oh, okay. I, so my games, I was like, oh, fuck. It's like <laughs> – <laughs> And I was like, well, talk about the most boringest game. I mean uh, – Right, right. You're like oh. – you know, It was exciting. I, don't get me wrong. I was very grateful and excited but this, to be was, there, but. this was
0: filmed in 83. These games came out, came out in 80 and 81, right? Like they're already two years, three yeah. years old. You're like, this is – this is... Well, I, dumb.
3: I think it was because um, of the variety. Like, normal, the normal variety of the five games is, you know, a mishmash. Mm-hmm. But our, for my show... It was the Pac-Man series and it was the Donkey.
0: There was a theme, right? So two DK yeah. games. So yeah. you had Namco versus Nintendo, basically. So Super Pac-Man, Donkey Kong Jr., Miss Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, and Pac-Man. Tell us your biggest pain point of those games. Which was well, <laughs> yeah.
3: well anybody that, that knows me or has seen the episode, it's the <laughs> Donkey Kong. <laughs>
0: okay.
3: That damn dirty ape. <laughs> damn dirty ape.
0: I no, should. I should have, yeah, clip. I, I should have a, that clip on every show. That's awesome. All right. It, it,
3: it was. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, well, I mean, now that I'm older, it's kind of embarrassing. Sure. But, you know, back when you're 14, it's it's like son of a bitch. You know, it's, <laughs> very, 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 you know, because your ultimate goal was to win that arcade game. But see, by then, I I already had a couple of my own arcade games. By that time. So sure. to me, winning a game, a brand new game in the box was a big deal. But yeah. to have an arcade game, at least for me, wasn't, it was still a big deal, but not as big as a deal if, like, if nobody has had one before. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then also they changed, um, the original game that was supposed to be given away in our show was, I think, q And then they, they, right before taping, they swapped it out to a Popeye. Wow. <laughs>
0: And well cuz like, it wasn't huh. a Nintendo or an Amco so they had to change it. Well yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure why they did that, but I bet, I bet Amco and Nintendo it, had
3: something to do with like what was going to be on TV. Hey, I don't know, maybe. It could be. But get this. Um now when Damon and I have lost in the past, uh, Damon always kept in touch with um Jim and I forgot her name, but the, the producers of StarGate and the people that created <laughs> it. Um sure. And so we had, their favorite game was Gyrus. So we actually restored a Gyrus and took it up to San Francisco and gave it to them as a gift. And so when we were at their house, we were talking to them and I told them about how my game was switched from Qbert to Popeye. And I was sort of you know, disappointed because I didn't, I wanted a Qbert. And Jim said, Oh, he goes, if any contestant didn't like the, the grand prize that, that was on their show, they could ask for whatever other game they wanted and they would send it to them. What? Yeah, exactly. That sounds made up. No, see, back, back no, back then, <laughs> you know, video games were the, the thing, so they wanted to make everybody happy. So wow. the manufacturers, they didn't care; they wanted the exposure.
0: Okay, so I got to tell you, I watched the whole episode a couple weeks ago, and one of the things that I loved about it, and you got to tell me, you actually won prizes, right?
3: Yes. Oh yeah,
0: you won a BMX bike. Am I right?
3: I, a, red, a red line. It's pretty freaking cool. Back in the in, in the early '80s, red line was the Motocross bike to have, yeah, dude. I mean, like there, there were
0: you know the the early prizes, despite Mark Richards and God bless him. Yeah, he's probably a really good person, but not (laughs) the best host of the show. And clearly, when you watch the show, he's like. He's almost like a lech a lot of the time. He's he says things to people that he should just not say. Uh and like I like your pretty blonde hair, yeah, it's really curly. I just, yeah. And, uh, could you tell us about the turtle? And he's talking to your turtle. Like you really talk to turtle like he he fakes that he doesn't know what a maze is. Excuse me. You're playing Pac-Man. <laughs> you grew up in like the Dark Ages. Yeah. You know what a maze is. Yeah. Uh yeah, and the, I see that. The dialogue is just silly.
3: Yeah, well, about the turtle, of course. You know, it's it's a show, so they want it to be exciting for the audience. You know, the watching audience. So they tell you to 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 bring something like that. I don't collect turtles. My dad's the one that collected turtles. So when I needed to to bring something, I just grabbed this turtle and said it was my good luck turtle. You know, and they make you clap. You know, they say when you run to the stage or whatever or through the hallway, you have to run and clap. You know, act always excited, always, 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 which wasn't hard to do because it was star Starcade and it was the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, So you know, it, for, for production, that's what they make you do. Is yes,
0: yeah, so they that. got, So George was not your lucky turtles. What you're saying? No, no, unfortunately, that's not. really sad. It makes me sad. Yeah, yeah. But nice. there were other prizes too. I don't remember if you won any other. Did you win any other
3: prizes besides being? Uh, no, I read. The, I won the bike, and I, you know, I had to watch the episode. Yeah, I me don't too. Remember, but I but remember they,
0: they gave away a lot of uh, uh, Mister Discs portable record players.
3: Yeah, I don't think I got one of those. Yeah, but I remember when I I got the bike. Redline sent me the bike, and they sent me a letter, you know, congratulations letter. But when I put the bike together, they sent the wrong size fork, so I, I had to call them, and they they sent me the right fork. Oh, good, good. Yeah, the front the front fork. But that's and pretty so, cool. Uh,
0: like you are like I won this bike pretty fun. yeah
3: exactly and i had i used it on my paper route oh. i used to have a paper route at that time so oh that's awesome that's, yeah how much did you make on your paper route by the way oh back then a subscription was like 325 a month so i was probably making 20 bucks a month after wow i to buy um either to play arcade games or to buy uh back then i i had a ColecoVision. so i would yes buy, oh, i love
0: Oh, my yeah, God. Oh, Favorite oh, game on Uh Go. Like, top five. Just try to think of the top five.
3: Well, Tarzan, of course. Oh, okay. okay. Oh. Uh, Donkey Kong was good. Yeah, it was good. Donkey Kong Jr. Donkey oh, Kong Lady Jr. was very Love. good. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, what was the um, other one? Ladybug? Ladybug, yeah. Okay. Adventure was good. I had all Adventure. of them. Cosmic Adventure, Mousetrap.
0: Yeah, the Exidy yep. games, man, they rule. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good I would
2: play those over the actual, you know, real game. Mouse <laughs> trap? Did you have mouse trap?
3: I did.
0: Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. It's, 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 yeah. Did you play Smurf? That's. It. Of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I
3: hadn't even had even I, I had the Cabbage Patch game. You know, what's I hilarious. It's
0: is bigger. Smurf? I, oh my gosh! Yeah. S- L- hear me out. Games. Hear me out. Smurf is probably the worst game for the ColecoVision. You, you don't like yeah. the music? No, but, but it is also on it. Awesome. the f- Yes, but it's the funniest game. Like if you get hit by a blade of grass, you die.
2: It's hilarious. Yeah, you
0: didn't jump like, over it right, d- d- or a stalactite. <laughs> you just... Oh my gosh, it's so awful. So classic. It's so awful.
3: I love it. And here's another thing about ColecoVision. Yeah. Uh, I used to call their customer service like every <laughs> week and ask them what games were coming out. And mm-hmm. it got to the point. I guess they had like two, like two ladies working in customer service. It got to the point where they recognized my voice. <laughs> And they would start calling me by name and they would send me, They would like once a month they'd send me a little printout of, of what games are supposedly coming out at some point.
0: Do you have one oh of God.
3: these? Oh, there you go.
0: You still got oh, those? Oh, look at that. Awesome. <laughs> so that's the Atari Max uh, Ultimate SD cartridge for the ColecoVision. If you don't have cool. one, they're fantastic.
2: Oh, I'll have to check that out.
0: You put an, SD, I had an Adam, SD card I had an in Adam there. computer as well. Oh, yeah, Adam. Yeah, and
2: I never, I never got one. I always was worried about the cassette tapes kind of cool freaking thing
0: out. out. The cool thing about the Adam uh, IMO, it was the first system that played all four levels of Donkey Kong. It had the mm-hmm. Pie Factory.
2: The oh all- yeah, yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was like that was their main lore. I think in the, uh, the you know, whenever they had that in the electronic games
0: computer magazine, it's like the Atari fifty two hundred though. It's a giant monolith that nobody wants to own. Oh, it's too bad. <laughs> it's it's terrible. I have a question. Go ahead.
2: Were you yes. on? Were you ever on any other game related shows like TV Kid POW?
3: No, yeah. but I watched that. Well, I get. I think that was like a little break in between cartoons. Yes, I, yeah, act- oh,
2: yeah. I, I actually I was that on movie. an episode of a TV Kid Pow here in Houston. Really? Oh my awesome. god! So stressful. <laughs> I have. I actually have it recorded. It's only in my. I think VHS I saw days. this.
0: I think you. Too, uh, you should you Yeah,
2: you basically say "pow" to fire whatever the weapon is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you do good enough, you win a bunch of toys and junk and stuff. And so,
3: yeah, good. Well, they were good Mattel toys because yes, sponsored by Mattel, so they were good quality toys Correct.
2: Right. Correct. Correct. All right. Well, <laughs> I love. So that Mattel. was your only foray into a game yes, show. It, yeah, it was.
0: Got it. But it but it was it had been like I was on TV like you you know your friends saw you
3: did they give you a oh copy of the show
0: goodness. on that VHS was the best
3: time of my life at that time yeah it was awesome did you get a girlfriend because you were on the show no no, no did you get nerdy, a, did you get a copy of the show on VHS yeah on VHS yes no. which I had you had to buy they didn't give it to you you had to what? pay like 25 bucks for it yeah are you oh, kidding nuts. me
2: do you no. still have that
3: I have it somewhere <laughs> And and of course, Damon has a. He, I think he made digital copies, so they're archived for forever. Oh, I mean, that's great! This is my my failure at Donkey Kong.
0: <laughs> I would love to see like because they probably include like the episode number and like some of the digi- you know, stuff you didn't see in the broadcast. But that that's cool. I love that. Yeah, Brian, you that's had a awesome. question. It was you have a question, Brian? Very good timing. Yeah,
1: so what, <clears throat> like, so you you have this like really extensive collection. He said at one point about 100 games. What were your favorite games in that collection? Um,
3: Well, let me just – let's see. The the first – let's just do a a history here. So the first coin-opery game I ever bought was a Surf Champ pinball machine, which I think I bought around 1980, so I was about 12. And so it was – I remember I bought it from the gold mine. It was $249 plus tax. And what had happened is I saved up the money, half of it, and my parents paid the other half. So at age 12, I had my own pinball machine at home, which is pretty darn cool. And then my first video game I bought was Reactor, which I still have. It's in my living room at the moment. Um, so my favorite game, arcade games, would have to be Reactor. This is my like my top five list. Reactor, not in any specific order. Reactor, Bubbles, Mappy, um, Star Wars, and that's number, f- yeah, number five, I'd probably say like Tempest was there
1: was there ever a game that you like i mean you've had access to an incredible amount of parts and games Was there ever a game that you wanted but never found like is there like was there a grill game that a lot of guys on KLB call it that you had that you've never acquired
3: um you know what you know no because being in California and especially cuz where i lived or where i grew up was Santa Maria which is San Francisco would be up here LA would be down here and i was right on the in the middle so to get to either major city in Silicon Valley was three hours. LA was three hours. So get, acquiring stuff was not a big deal. And um, pretty much when I had my personal game room, I found myself emulating the arcade that I grew up with, or yep. the, I should say that the, the mom and pop arcade, it wasn't the gold mine. It was a, a arcade called Fun and games. Um, and so I emulated pretty much all the games that they had. And they, and and that guy always bought all the obscure stuff. Like that's where I played as and cubes quest and, um, you know, just the the weird games, which I had over the years, (laughs) except for as If you want to hear my story about as I I won, um, probably late eighties and it's like, who would want this piece of shit? So I scrapped (laughs) it out. I literally destroyed an as (laughs) <laughs> and I think I sold the boards, you know, probably, um, yeah, I actually, well, I, I had, a, I had a, a lot of about a hundred boards. And, and so I just sold a big lot of boards to remember a guy named Gamin Lee. I don't know if you guys remember him, but he was really big in, in the late nineties. He, he was based in, um, Los Angeles and he would, he would, he's a wheeler and dealer. He was like a flipper back in the day. Um, so he bought all these boards for me for like, you know, It was like five bucks a board. So, 500 bucks. It's like, shit, I'll take it for all this crap. Wow. Well, little did I know. Oops. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, the joys of being, and and back then I also operated, and Astrax didn't make money. So, why would I want that? Same thing with the Three Stooges. I I bought a Three Stooges brand new, and and I converted it to a raft stand because Rastan made more money than the Three Stooges.
1: It is. It is kind of funny. One of the things you notice in the collecting, like the collecting community now, is you got a lot of these games that were not very popular are becoming super valuable because they all were converted or destroyed. So you've got, I mean, games that people just never really liked, and everybody's going crazy over them because you can't find them anymore.
3: Uh, Yeah, if uh, you guys would cringe if I told you all the games I've scrapped out over the years. I've heard back when, I, back when I operated or converted, just because back then it was about making money, it wasn't about rarity.
1: Or, you well, know, that, that's one of the things that's kind of funny. I mean, when you see these warehouse buys or you see these warehouses of games that are converted, and people on uh, Facebook will comment, like, Well, why would you do that to a joust and why would you do that to this? Because like, it stopped making money.
3: It's I right, mean, the cabinet.
1: I- The cabinets were just to make money to the people that owned them at the time, and you did whatever you could to squeeze every last dime you could out of them. Yeah. And that made sense. It was an investment.
3: Yes. In fact, one of my stupider moves was back in the mid-'80s is I had a iRobot, which I traded to a local op, another op, for a cocktail jump bug. (laughs) Oh. I mean (laughs) – Because because I, I just got a new location, which was a little Mexican restaurant, so I wanted a cocktail game to put in there. And I, back then, I, you know, after, you know, in the, in the mid eighties, I robots made absolutely nothing. Sure. So I figured, well, it's a cocktail game They can sit down and play it. So I'll trade it. Well, that was
0: jump bugs fun though.
3: <laughs> it, well,
2: <laughs> Yeah. Not <laughs> yeah. so on the big yeah. kit I have a question actually. So of all of your locations, like, did you have like a, a like a favorite location or maybe a location that made the most money?
3: Yeah, look, okay, when I bought my Three Stooges, I was maybe 15, so I didn't drive. Wow. So the local arcade owner that, uh, who owned Fun and Games, he drove me down to L.A. to pick it up from Betson. which Betson, well, now is like the biggest uh, game distributor in, in America. Back in those days, in the 80s, they had, you know, in most major cities, there was a Betson. Um, so... On the way home, he says, Hey, because I just bought, th- I, I'm a big Three Stooges fan. So I just bought the game just to have it. Wow. Because it was, it was on closeout. I think I paid like 745 bucks for it. It was right before Milestar shut down. So all they were just getting rid of all their games. Oh, wow. Um, so on the way home, the, the, the his name's Phil. He says, Hey, when you get done or bored playing this game at your house, why don't you put it in my arcade and I'll give you half the money? And I'm like, well, Okay, cool. So a couple of months later, off it goes. Well, I had bought a couple more games and I said, Hey, I have this game, which was a Inferno. Um, <laughs> um, and I put that in his arcade, blah, blah, blah. And about this time there was this new game that was coming out was um, Ghost and Goblin. Oh yeah. So um a good game. back in okay, also back in the age I was on the um, game get naked say, like I, I was I was really into going to contests, video game contests. Right. So I don't know if any of you old timers know, but there's a guy named Phil Britt that was really good at gaming who was based in California as well. So I called him up. I said, Hey, there's this new game coming out called Ghosts and Goblins. He goes, What do you think about it? He goes, That's a good game. He goes, But there's another game that just came out called Gauntlet that you should look at. Ah. <laughs>
4: okay. So,
3: yeah. So yeah. Um, I bought a Gauntlet brand new in the box. Nice. It was $28.95. I had nine hundred bucks. I had to borrow two thousand bucks from my mom. But <laughs> wow. Anyhow, and and I dr- and I had to have a buddy of mine drive me up to Sacramento to pick it up. Anyhow, so when the arcade owner found out I had a gauntlet, he goes, "I'm coming over tomorrow to pick up this game and put it in my arcade." And I'm like, "Well, I want to play it first. He goes, "Okay, I'll give you a couple of days because I just bought this game pretty much to play at my house and sure. maybe put it in one of my street locations."
0: It's a big game. To have yeah, on.
3: but. Yes. Let me tell you, he put that in his arcade, and oh my god, this thing made so much money. Really, game? Insane.
0: That's interesting because I one mean, of the chatters, Aaron Sanders, asked, "What was your best earner of all time?" I assume it was Gauntlet.
3: Gauntlet. Yeah, it was insane. I was in high school. I was making literally from this one game, and I, not to brag, but I was probably making four hundred bucks a week, my half, in high school in nineteen eighty-five. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You, it was cr- you, you, my my mom was a legal secretary. I was making more money a year in high school by operating games, and I didn't even have a license. I had to pay uh, uh, students that had licenses like twenty bucks to help me uh, take games <laughs> from location to location.
0: Wow! Did you ever get that game back, or did you end up leaving it with him?
3: No, I, I can. It, when then Gauntlet Two came out, mm-hmm. so um, I bought the kit for Gauntlet Two, which I think was seven ninety five. Wow, and then that just took off again, and it, it was it was insane. That game for uh for three grand plus eight hundred, so thir- let's say four thousand with taxes. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> wow, it, it was insane. It, I mean, literally, it was crazy what that game made. Uh,
0: wasn't Gauntlet the first game to have continue or well, no? but... Moon, Moon Patrol.
3: Ooh. Now
2: Tron also had a continue. There's there's several, but Gauntlet. You know, you could buy. Credits to keep going. It's amazing. It's it's a an excellent well, the, way. Yeah.
1: The other brilliant thing about Gauntlet was not only could you buy credits to keep going, but you were constantly losing life. Like no yes. matter what you did, your life was decreasing.
0: Sure. But the so, cool thing about Gauntlet yeah. is it wasn't just you. You had four players. It, yeah. So
3: well, was had it, it was you and three people. Four player game. Yeah. Which I think was yeah it wasn't the first, but the, just the the theme of it was right awesome. And, I would go into that arc, you know, that was my hangout. It was and the first
0: was... four player game where you had a common goal.
3: Yeah, I think so.
0: Because that, like it, it, you nonstop. had racing games no. and whatever else, but
1: gauntlet was one of my first, like that was the, that was one of the must buys when I started collecting arcade games. That was one of the games from a little arcade. I remembered
0: Aaron Sanders <laughs> says worst game of all time.
3: <laughs> uh, worst? <game? laughs> well, I bought a, um, a time killers kit. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, um, okay. But when Bally got bought out by Williams, they were closing out their game. So I bought a, a game called blasted. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys heard of that one, No, but they were blowing those out for like eight 95 or nine 95. So I bought one of those terrible game. So I converted it to a time killers, which was even a worse game. Oh my God. <laughs> I paid like, you know, that game, that kit cost me like, uh, like 800 bucks. Um, I had it on location for like two weeks. It made Nothing. I yanked it out and I sold it back to the distributor. I took like a $400 loss on it. Was that it was a gun a, game, Blasted? Uh, well, it was a joystick and a button. Oh, so but if, uh, if you see the flyer, the flyer shows like a pistol grip yeah. type with a trigger on it, but mm-hmm. the production um, was just a regular joystick. You know, and And that fire
0: had fire. a dedicated cabinet.
3: It did, yeah. It mm-hmm. was one of the last games Bally made before they. I'm sure.
0: 1988 was when that came yeah. out yeah interesting you can find it on the arcade museum club site of Of course of course
3: so i would say time killers as far as a kit game was my worst dedicated game um you know i bought i bought a mortal kombat 2 when they came out and that did okay for like two months and then it just tanked Mm. and that game cost me well 42.95 and that was a lot of money back in that you know so you were
0: actually an operator before you were even on Starcade, weren't you?
3: Uh, no. Operating came in I started like But you owned product. your first
0: game before Starcade.
3: Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah.
0: And you just thought okay well I own games. I should probably do something with these.
3: <laughs> well when when I turned sixteen I got a job at a local um liquor store. Sure. And my boss knew I had games. He goes, Well why don't you put a couple of games in the store? I'm like well, okay. So that got me <laughs> that got me what we call street operator so street locations are like, you know, bars, pizza places, sure. liquor stores versus arcade locations. Um, so that got me becoming a, a, like a, a, um, an operator. Yeah. A part-time operator. And I know, you know, I was on, I was in high school, so I couldn't quit, to, you know, drop right, out of right, school right, to, right. to collect quarters. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, any,
2: was, any good liquor store stories?
3: <laughs> oh yeah, actually. <laughs> uh, so High school, I went to a a, a, a Catholic high school. So it was, you know, small, small uh, classes. And I remember I was in the cooler stocking and in the coolers, you know, you can see through the glass doors. And I see this kid from high school. I was, you know, he was probably a senior. Comes in, grabs a six pack of beer, goes up, buys it from my boss. Who My my Mm -hmm. boss was a hard ass. And normally I would I would go up and say, hey, this guy, don't sell to this guy. But I was so impressed that he got past my boss that I I didn't say anything. And when I saw him at school, you know, the next day or, the, or over the weekend, I said, "Dude, I go, you know, I didn't say anything because I was so impressed that my boss didn't card you." <laughs> nice. But you know, but but then also there was there was this old drunk lady that would come in all the time. Uh. And one time she pissed on the floor. Oh
0: no! And she never yeah, played. And, she never played yeah. a video game. I bet
3: either. And, <laughs> no, and since I was low man on the totem pole, guess who had to clean all that? Uh, oh,
0: that's cool uh, these. <laughs> terrible. That's terrible. Oh. But
3: also, uh, and also, when I was at that working at that liquor store, I bought my first pinball, which was fun. Uh, Funhouse. I bought that brand oh, new. Oh, cool! And I, and I put it in that liquor store. And I remember to get the word out. Back then, we had this thing called Easy Ad, which was like a a, a weekly, um, like little black and white, True. like a pamphlet yeah yeah you know you would call up place your ad it was like five bucks and i remember i, I put an ad in there saying play funhouse the latest and greatest God. pinball machine ever made you know at, at l and k liquor <laughs> um it didn't do any. you know it, it didn't help but uh,
0: you call you a your phone number back. i remember doing that if we you know place that but call a phone number and give them the text of your ad <laughs> so messed up
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: We're old. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I got a couple of, uh, <laughs> i got a couple of roundup questions here. Why Milestar? Why did you choose that as your
3: handle? Uh, well, because Milestar is my, well, Gottlieb Milestar was my favorite game company back in the day.
0: Okay. So tell us the Gottlieb Milestar, uh, connection.
3: Well, uh, Gottlieb, of course made, um, Hubert was the most favorite. Um, and a bunch of pinball actually, machines and a ton of pinball yeah, machines. Yeah. And pinball machines. Yeah. Um, And then Reactor was, since Reactor was the first game I bought, which was made by Gottlieb, Mm -hmm. uh, it was just a no-brainer, at least to me, that Gottlieb was my favorite company. Sure. So then about, I think, 1984, Gottlieb got bought by Columbia Pictures, which then changed the name to Milestar. It's not Milestar, it's Milestar. Sure. And I remember reading in in one of the trade magazines the reason they called it Milestar is because that... the firm they hired to, to find a new name for them, they said, when you look down the production line, it looks like you're looking at a mile of stars. I mm. mean, ah. you know, like a hit, hit game. So Milestar is how they came up. With that. Interesting. So I did I, that, you know, I
0: I don't know if all the listeners know that, but so Gottlieb eventually dissolved and became Milestar. Correct. Yes.
3: Okay. And then that's when, um, since Columbia Pictures owned them, Columbia Pictures also owned the the Three Stooges license. That's how Three Stooges, the video game, got made, is because, Mm -hmm. and also uh, Crawl, which is a Columbia Pictures movie. So um, Brian uh, has of course back. I had all those games back in the day. You have a Crawl, Brian.
0: I do.
1: Good game. It's a it's a that game is hard as hell. Mm-hmm. um but the the graphics so it's one of the interesting things about i feel about that game is it reminds me a lot of kind of the williams combinations of uses of colors and the crt where mm-hmm. williams always did a really nice job of getting the the screens mm-hmm. or the colors of the the animation to pop and crawl like just watching that machine in attract mode it really like the colors and everything jump off the screen it's amazing yeah. what they did with the artwork in that game
0: agreed All Good right. game. Question, uh do you still have your Starcade t-shirt? I mm, know. That thing was red with shiny silver text on it.
3: With sparkly
0: text, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have some made. I'll I'll send you one. <laughs> All right, that'd be fun. <laughs>
3: Make it ex- extra sparkly with rainbow color. <laughs> I would love to. Dazzled. Yeah. Yes.
0: It's hard to find shirts like that with, like, the old iron-on sparklies in them. I yeah, remember the like, way Star Wars iron-on had, like, the gold sparklies around it. I love that shirt so much. So, uh, Chatters, uh, want to? Uh, will you be back at CAX, our Houston yes. Arcade Expo?
3: Yes, I will be in Texas next month. Okay at the, at oh. the uh, Rocky or not the Rocky mountain, the uh, pinball Texas pinball festival and game room show. Oh. I'll be there. Uh, I'll be in Denver in March or Labor day weekend. I will be at ZapCon, and I will be at California extreme. So
0: what drives to you all these? Is, is this your business? You want to, you, you have a booth usually.
3: Yeah, I have a booth where I sell, um, I, I try to find arcade related collectibles and toys um and if i can find a wholesale source i you know i buy that and then i sell it at the
0: you know the, i didn't sure. ta- i didn't talk about this during my what i've been doing in the hobby because it's not really related but this last week i bought <laughs> i bought an original 1977 x-wing uh white in color beautiful condition stickers are solid everything's there i'm i'm so pleased uh, <laughs> as a Star Wars fan, do you do you have like a favorite collectible?
3: Uh, yeah. You know, that's another interesting story I could tell you about Star Wars stuff. So <laughs> I've collected Star Wars stuff pretty much since like the late ninety, like seventy nine, maybe. Sure. And I never ever well, okay, like figures I would buy two, one to play with and one to save. Wow. So I have all these original um, Kenner nineteen seventy eight, yeah, the good stuff, still in in. I've been selling them off slowly selling them off, but, True. um, and, and, high, and then in high school, it was a big no, no to, to let people know you collected star Wars toys. Oh my God. So <laughs> it was a big, I didn't tell anybody, <laughs> but I, I have all kinds of, uh, closet. The, the star play Wars. Sets, yeah. The play sets, um, back in California, the yeah. figures are here with me in Santa Fe. Um, sweet. Yeah. So
0: I'm a I'm a fellow collector of odds and ends. Obviously, I have just tons of stuff, but uh, yeah, got of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I got my original. I have original Darth Vader's Tie Fighter. I'm a, a fan of the ships, so I've got my original Millennium Falcon and awesome. uh, now my white X-wing, which I'm very happy to have in the collection. So uh, yeah, definitely, we got to have you back on the show again. I think uh, we have a lot more to talk about, but uh, this I, I think this has been good so far. Uh, would you, do you guys have any last-minute questions you want to drop in here? No.
1: <laughs> Actually, I did want to ask you one thing. You mentioned the only thing, the only
3: game that you have left is Reactor. How often do you get to play? Uh, I don't. I. That's why I'm selling off most of my games that I don't play anymore.
0: Yeah. Talk I to Brian. Talk to Brian. Brian's collecting oh. all the games, so talk I, to Brian. I still
3: have games back in California um, that I haven't brought here to Santa Fe. <laughs> So we have a I quick have, question from Ten Games. Left. We do, have, do you have any? Do you have any bouncer parts? Actually, I have the whole game oh. in the box. What <laughs> in, in my uh, yeah, in storage? Sure.
0: Just uh, sell that to Aaron Sanders. Uh, so Aaron, reach out to Arcade Fix it. Oh, by the way, I, I think uh, Stephen, didn't you say you got a deal for our listeners tonight?
3: Oh yes, I just for your listeners. I have a twenty percent off code. Wow! Which any, anybody that knows me, twenty percent off. Is pretty good. That sounds uh, awesome. So, so on checkout, if you enter the promo code uh, in lowercase uh, arcade for the arcade show, or arcade radio show, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Arcade radio. All one word, all lowercase. All one word. Yes. Minus the A or plus the A. Or just in case people forget, you can actually type in the word arcade radio oh, all awesome. one word in lowercase and you'll get 20% off your work.
0: I'm gonna to have to see if there's something I need in there for oh, sure. me too.
3: Not good. This is not good. <laughs> is not so good. Much money. <laughs> and if there's something that you you need but you don't see it, send me the part number oh. because I have tens of thousands of parts not oh on the site, but I, it's all by part number. So it's very important that I have the part number. Okay. Oh, well,
0: it's I, I uh, once again it's arcadefixit.com, correct? Yes. All right, and uh, this is uh, Stephen Beal. Uh, our first starcade contestant to be on the show uh for seventh episode ever taped of that show episode 14 if you're looking for it uh it is a fantastic show to watch i said it i know i said it i said fantastic you got to love it and it. <laughs> <laughs> and we are looking forward to seeing you again on the show and i think i seriously i think we're going to reach out to uh your buddy damon and um because Damon uh, and I have been talking and I, I think he'd be fun to have on and maybe we'll do a little reunion show, see if we can get Mark Richards on.
3: Yeah. <laughs> maybe he'll come on. We have a lot of stories, especially from Blast from the Past. So Oh um, that'd
0: be so great. And I, I I'm sorry we didn't get to Blast Pass for the night, but seriously, we'd love to have you on the show again. Anytime. Uh, yeah, and, and, uh, and, and guys, this is where we kind of wrap it up on. Huh? Uh, Steven, stay on with us after the show. We would like to wrap it up with you off the air. And uh, guys, uh, this is where we kind of sign off. What do you think? Uh, I think we're done. All right. Too right. well, now, the music starts. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank you for listening in. And listen in again. That's a double R's Arcade Radio.
1: That's Facebook.com Arcade Radio or ArcadeRadio.com That's R-C-A-D-E-R-A-D-I-O.com
0: Or you can call and leave comments and questions of the game language nobody ever leaves in the 612-548-GAME-4263
2: Yes, follow us on Facebook Facebook.com slash Arcade Radio or Twitter Twitter at Arcade Radio Again, starts with an R
0: love it
1: subscribe on our youtube channel it's just one click
0: is it i've never clicked
2: <laughs> click <laughs> it clicked. Click it!
0: <laughs> i know you clicked. It is then we said itunes google play and soundcloud right
2: that's it and thanks that's gonna be our show from the arcade radio team we hope
0: you had a great time and we'll see you in the next one okay. is arcade yeah. radio and this is where we sign off hello hello
2: Hello. hey hey i can hear you
0: i can what
2: what I, uh, what's the sound i can't tell what it is
0: <laughs>
2: i'm mark Richards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're off the air <laughs> that was fun that was a lot of fun all right <laughs> Steve, what you think of that madness
3: i hope i wasn't too animated. i sometimes i can get animated oh no, no very had, good oh, this is great.
0: one of our better shows i think you know listen we, we, i would love to have you on again in the near future if you're up for it and yeah we will make sure we open the show notes and not ask you a single repeat question
1: one of the things that like it, all of us are into this hobby for a number of reasons but one of the things we do really love are the stories i mean the background the history Understanding those things—that's part of what really makes this fun. Yeah, yeah. So it's, that knowledge is uh, is awesome, and it's great to, that you're willing to share that. So, thank you.
0: It was really cool to hear the the back end of the Starcade stuff oh, too, yeah. because yeah. you know I didn't get to see that show until I was an adult because I live in Minnesota and they didn't broadcast it here. Hey, when 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 are you
3: going to be in Houston? Because I, I'm in Houston. I, actually, I'll be in in Dallas. For the pinball show Oh, next that's month. where that's at But there's, a, there's another show in Houston Houston Expo at, uh, That usually is like in October
2: Yep, yep, that's Houston Arcade Expo
3: Yeah, I, I might do that one this year And my sister lives in Houston so I can stay at her place Because oh, that's good. like uh, You know, that's like a 13 hour drive for me uh, So that would be like a whole You know, a whole week With driving and the show, and driving right. back So um, I might do, I was going to do it last year But it didn't work out, so this year I actually may do it
0: All
2: right. So wait,
0: well, I got to thank you. I got to get going. It's time for me to thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much.
3: (laughs) Thanks, Steven. All right. Ciao. Bye.